Hello everyone, thank you for downloading this week's episode of Season 2 of the What The Fart Led Podcast. Every week, Rob and I are going to bring you some inspirational stories from our amazing running community, along with some loosely running themed banter from us. Loose is definitely the right word, Matt. Before we get started though, if you guys enjoy the show today, there are a few ways that you can support us. Firstly, wherever it is you get that your podcast, please subscribe. And if you are listening through Apple Podcasts, then do leave us a review and a rating. This goes a long way to making our show more visible to people who might enjoy it. Yeah, we're also really active on social media, so you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or contact us directly through our dedicated email address. All the info's in our bio. Give us a follow, share with your friends, and come and have a chat with us. If this is the first time that you're listening, we've got a back catalogue of shows available, including the entirety of Series 1. Free to listen to at your leisure. Some great episodes in there that we are really, really proud of. So please do go on and check them out. Let us know what you think. Yeah, and lastly, 2021 is a big year for my co-host as he embarks on his journey with his oldest pal, Graham, to run the Berlin Marathon, all in support of Prostate Cancer UK. Uh, We'll be taking on some wacky challenges throughout the year to support him, so keep your eyes peeled and ears pricked for that. Join in and get involved where you can. Most importantly, if you can spare some change, then head over to our Just Giving page. The link is in our social media and in our bio. Any donations you give will be gratefully received. How was that, mate? Perfect, pal. Should we get on with the show? Let's do it. Are you alone, groupie? And are you enjoy your run? Like to take it easy, you're sharing a friend's gun. Whatever your ability is, it's a place to be. So welcome to the world of the Run community. If you're 17, 25, push it in your tail. Come along, join us, this is the place for you. Welcome to the world of the Run community. Welcome to the world of the Run community. You're right, Matt. Oh, buddy, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. You? Nice one. Ah, sound. How's your week been? Yeah, well, well, you'll never guess what. I took the what? kids the other day to to the zoo. Right. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was mm, it's a bit of a weird one. It was like there was only one animal there. One out. One. Yeah, just one little dog. You're joking. That that's not very good, is it? It was a shit zoo. God. Alright. <laughs> Alright, well I thought it was funny. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to series two, episode two of the What the Fart Like podcast. My name's Rob. And I am Matthew. And apparently my friends don't find me funny. <laughs> Bringing back the uh, the dad jokes away. <laughs> Mate, the dad jokes never went away. <laughs> the dad jokes never went away. Uh, we have got a great show coming up, but before we get started, how's your week been, Matt? Yeah, it's been all right. I've uh, not done much running since the uh, start of the uh, Mate Matt Run Challenge because all my good teammates are doing it for me. But me and you went out for a run, didn't we? On we uh, did. New Year's Eve. That was uh, pretty fun. It was lovely, yeah. Although, on reflection, considering we're trying to bank miles against each other, the fact that we ran together meant that we just cancelled each other out, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, both bagged 11 miles. Although, you did, tw- you did 12, though, didn't you? Yeah, I did a sneaky one at the end. Sneaky yeah, one at the end. Look it in. Snuck it in. Yeah, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Good fun to get out with you again. Yeah, nice one. We went out with Ben and Jordan as well. So it's always nice to run with pals um, in icy, icy early morning conditions. It was good fun, oh, wasn't it? Uh, anything not, else exciting not, happen this week, dude? Uh, I can't really think. No, not really. Just 
brought in the new year. I was in, in bed most of it, so woke up when the fireworks went off, so for me yeah. toothache, but uh, hey-ho, you get over it, don't you? have <laughs> got a poorly tooth, haven't you? How's that, How's that treating you? Is that feeling any better? Uh, I could have done with a, a sledgehammer on it, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you get over it, don't you? It's, it's getting better now. I'm on antibiotics, so I've had no drink or anything for the last couple of days. Boo-hoo me. <laughs> It was when Donna on New Year Donna on New Year's Eve sent me a text message of you lying on the sofa feeling really sorry for yourself, just holding your face. <laughs> or in bed at nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah, deal, deal, deals well with the pain, doesn't he? Um, yeah, it's, it's been it's been. Oh, we should probably wish everyone Happy New Year. Should we Happy New Year, guys? Oh, yes. Happy New Year to everybody. A very good 2021. Let's fingers crossed. Let's hope. Yeah, definitely. Hope it's going to be a good one for everyone. A little bit more, a few more races than last year. Chances to get out and run with people. That'd yeah, be one, one, one race will do, won't it? Just to get one in, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, I did one race last year. I got one out in February before we had to before nice. we had to uh, go into lockdown and isolation. But yeah, yeah, you're right. It's uh, hopefully going to be nicer this year coming up. Um, been doing my, been doing your move with Olivia. Oh yes, you're yes, I've been actually. Yeah, how's that been? Are yeah. you, have you been doing the right plan this time, Matt? <laughs> I have. Yes, I've uh, I started the uh, the dynamic warm up before a run the other day, um, and it seemed to help. My hips felt a lot freer. Uh, my car felt a, a lot better. Shakira, so. Shakira. <laughs> <laughs> my hips don't lie, and I'm starting to feel you, boy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. John Flynn liked that one. That, no, that was that for was John. Good. That was for John. Uh, so yeah, enjoying it. Find find it's beneficial. Yes, yeah, a lot better. Yeah, you can feel you can feel it. It's hard the first first couple of times you try it. It's a bit harder, but yeah, you, you seem to get get into it a lot lot better. How are you going with it? You'll be on yeah. phase two now, won't you? Uh, no, 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 not yet. Right. We've got another week of phase one left yet. So yeah, still using the chair for the aided squats. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, Sammy and I are both doing it and loving it. Yeah, Sammy went out and ran a marathon on New Year's Eve. Bless her, she's amazing. Just. Walk up and decided to. Uh, oh, wait, yeah, shan't, shan't train for it or nothing. Yeah, just put me to shame. Yeah. <laughs> got back, got back from Ireland. How long you done? Twelve miles. Well, I'm going to do a marathon. Right, okay. <laughs> I'll just sit with the kids for five hours. Um, but yeah, yeah, good, good week though, and plenty more. We'll talk more about the mate Matt run stuff a bit later in the yeah. show. Definitely, uh, that's been amazing, hasn't it? So, uh, what? But more importantly, what have we got coming up today? Because we've got a big one, haven't we, Matt? Oh wow, yes. Uh, I've just watched the uh, the documentary. I've finally got round to watching it. Amazing, and we have Fiona Oaks uh, coming on for the chat, which is going to be a real treat for everybody, I think. Uh, and we've got the mate Matt run stuff. Make Matt Run Challenge. Most miles wins. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> uh, a little bit of a good news story, and then uh, a bit of a roundup at the end, uh, just to finish it off. Yeah, absolutely. But if anybody hasn't read all about Fiona Oaks or watched the, uh, the documentary yet, they might not know that Fiona has run in all conditions. Yes. Uh, from the searing heat of the Sahara to... Uh, the freezing cold temperatures of the Arctic Circle. Arctic tundra. However, uh, should we do a bit of a would you rather on that basis? Put yourself in Fiona's shoes, although it's impossible to, because you know she's a really good runner and you're you. But <laughs> <laughs> the shoes are pro- the shoe size are probably a bit bigger than mine as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's got normal people size feet, not little <laughs> hobbit toes like you. Um, but uh, t- would you rather running running the desert? Or mm. in the Arctic Circle. Ah, that is a tough one. Uh, wow, this isn't a silly one, is it? This is what makes you no. think. 
No. I mean, you're going to find a way to make it silly, I have no doubt. I'll try. I'll try. (laughs) Well, we managed to run on ice on New Year's Eve quite. It's not not the same. Don't don't be ridiculous. (laughs) You just compared the Arctic Ice Marathon to us running down the Transpennine Trail when it snowed a bit the night before. I've, I've also run on beach in Skegness before, you know? Have you? Uh, oh, step aside, oh, Fiona. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, I can't even answer that one. I can't even answer it. It's just too... Would you rather be sweating your tits off in the Sahara Desert for 26 miles or freezing your bollocks off? <laughs> yeah. Neither one's fun, is it? No, no. I think with frostbite and stuff. Oh God! Do you know? Fifty. I'd say I'd say desert. I think I'd say desert. As long as we've got plenty, you, plenty of water, plenty of hydration, I'd say desert. You've said to me before, haven't you? You like running in the heat better than mm-hmm. running in the cold. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite. I quite like the experience. I think I, I quite like the experience. There is no way I could ever could run hundred meters in, in in those conditions. But I think between the two, I think I'd rather trudge through the snow. Yeah. With me, with me walking sticks. Yeah. <laughs> And then do the heat. But I, t- I tell you what, watching the, the Fiona Oaks documentary, the Running for Good documentary, like Marathon de Sable is just. <laughs> I think that's put me off. I mean, even if we're not even saying you have to run that race, we're just saying just running in, in the yeah. desert, aren't we? But that just. The, the final leg of that race is just 26.2 miles, and that's, and that's anyone, after five or six days. Wow. Anyone who's done it, oh, hats off to you. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Never mind those people who do it year after year. Amazing. I think you, I think he's turned me into a bit of a fanboy myself. To be honest with me, she's brilliant, isn't she? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, well, seeing as how you are a bit of a fanboy, mm-hmm. uh, should we go and have a chat with the lady herself? We've built up to this one, haven't we? We've talked about her time and time again. She's been all over our social media. If you don't know about Fiona Oaks, I guarantee in forty-five minutes' time you are going to know about Fiona Oaks. We're super proud of this one, aren't we, Matt? Um, yeah. And, and and thank you so much to Fiona for coming on, because um, uh, to take the time from her busy, busy life to tell us all about her journey is incredible. So uh, without any further ado, uh, let's pop over and have a chat with Fiona, shall we, dude? Yeah, man, let's do it. So I am very, very excited to say that I'm here today with Fiona Oaks. Fiona, how are you today? I'm very well, thank you. And how are you? Uh, yes, yes, very well. Thank you for asking. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for making the time. There's absolutely loads that I want to get through um, about your incredible running journey. Um, but to get started, we always like to start these chats that we do on the show uh, by asking people kind of about how they got into running. It's the common thread that binds us, I suppose, um, in, in this community. So would you mind telling any for anyone who doesn't know about your story a little bit about how you first got into running? Well, I kind of fell into running by accident. Um, it was um, a situation where back in the early noughties, um, I got my animal sanctuary at that point. I'd been vegan for many, many years. And I was passionate always about promoting a vegan lifestyle in terms of the fact that back like 20 years ago, people were not familiar with the word. And if they heard about veganism, they presumed it wasn't possible to even survive past the sofa on a vegan diet and I wanted to show otherwise because I'd got my animal sanctuary as I say and I was rescuing animals but I realized you know 
I can alter their lives, the ones that come to the sanctuary, but I can't touch the billions out there that are going through the exploitative industries, you know, agriculture, racing, greyhound racing, all those industries. So I wanted to promote promote something in a positive way. There wasn't social media. Um, you've got to use the mainstream. Um, the only thing I was quite good at was sport. Um, unfortunately, I'd had a lot of surgeries back in my teenage years, and I'd be told I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to run. Um, I couldn't walk properly. Um, I limp a little bit when I walk still. I would never be able to run. Um, on, but the only sport at the time, especially women's sport, that was garnering any attention at all, which would do the job of promoting veganism, if I could do it myself, was marathon running. Uh, Paula Radcliffe was, you know, achieving great, great gains in the event. It got all the kind of adjectives, you know, describing it, you know, this really hard endurance event. You know, you've got to be mentally, physically absolutely at the top of your game. Endurance, endurance, extreme. Um, and I thought, well, if I could just compete in and hopefully complete a marathon, it would prove positive what I'm trying to do, which is show that on a vegan diet, it is not prohibitive to you doing the most extreme things. Um, and that's how kind of I fell into running. Um, it was just by accident. I wanted to use it to promote um, an agenda, um, a vegan agenda. And um, yeah, that, that's how it all came about, really. It was just... Uh, uh, a means to an ends when I started and it kind of grew and grew and grew from there I didn't have great plans you know at the time I didn't know we were going to start vegan runners I didn't know that I was going to go on and break world records it was just like everyone else I kind of had a goal and I, I just wanted to complete a marathon at the start of it all yeah amazing and, and I think you find that quite a lot don't you with the running community that it tends to be a means to an ends running. It's the vehicle through which we promote what it is that mm. we want to promote. Um, and certainly the access to mainstream media yeah. has, has, has been successful. Um, there's so much that I want to get onto, but I think probably a good segue. Can we just talk a little bit about running for good? Because because um, that the documentary, if anyone's not seen it, available on Amazon Prime, talks all about primarily your journey um, through Marathon de Sable, but also talks about your running journey on a wider basis. Um, Worked, of course, with filmmaker Keegan Kern, who also mm -hmm. made Cowspiracy, which was uh, is a very influential film, uh, particularly. It was the film that, that prompted me to move from a vegetarian to a vegan lifestyle. How was that whole experience? Yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, Keegan is an absolutely fantastic A1 bloke. I mean, it all came about... Um, I in 2013, when I just broken the world records, I remember getting an email round from Keegan. Um, they were desperately trying to raise funds to make Cowspiracy. And um, I wrote back and said, you know, if there's anything I can do to help promote it, I can't really do anything financially because obviously I've got the sanctuary and that's just such a huge drain on all our resources and has been for like 25 years. Um, so Keegan got the email, apparently, and he, he kind of thought, you know, geez, you know, I should be helping this woman, her not helping me. If ever I get an opportunity to be able to do something to promote what she's done, I'm going to do that. Um, so Keegan made Cowspiracy, he made What the Health, um, which he considers were kind of not negative films about um, veganism, but a, a, a negativity if we don't transition to Shocking. veganism. You know, uh, the terrible detrimental impact on our own health, on the planet's health, on the animal's health. 
So he wanted to kind of make something a little bit more positive and show what you can do on a vegan diet. And he contacted me and said, you know, um, I, I, you know, tell me all this. And he said, and I'd like that film to be about you. And I was like, what? You know, who's <laughs> the heck's going to want to make a film about me? That is like surreal. Um, Keegan was brilliant to work with. He is the most talented, wonderful, humble, great guy you can ever possibly want to meet. Um, I don't much like being in front of the camera I'm not kind of one of these that's really into myself um so it was kind of tough for me um but I thought it's it's great that people don't so much know about me but what I've been able to achieve it hasn't been prohibitive in any way since I was age six years old to achieving things that when I look back now I think you know did I really go to the North Pole and smash it out there? Did I really go across deserts? Did I really run the 238 marathon? So looking back, I just wanted to share the message rather than... It was a bit embarrassing because when I went out for the film premiere, Darling, in Hollywood, um, <laughs> and Rich Roll was obviously in a waiting the film, so, um, you know, um, it was in a packed cinema. I, I was there with Percy trying to, to hide, but I'm always with Percy. In fact, he's here now with me. And um, I was trying to kind of like make light of it. And Rich came over to me and, and Rich is the exact opposite of me. Very slick, very kind of, you know, professional guy. I'm just like all over the place. And he said, oh, it's a fantastic film. Really honoured to be part of it. What do you think of it? Because I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked at me, got back. He said, you've come out here and you haven't seen it yet and I said yeah but like come on think about it in realistic terms who would want to watch themselves on the big screen I mean not me and I was planning on doing the old um when the credits at the beginning come up you know I was doing the old oh I've got <laughs> and then going oh I found it but oh damn I've missed the film you know and um he said no he practically dragged me by my ponytail and told me you're going to come to the front of the cinema sit next to me and watch it so me and Percy were there like oh god no oh no and I was trying to calm myself down and think to myself, look, Fiona, it can't be that bad, can it? You know, you're in the Sahara Desert. Keegan's done all the cin cinematography. You've got all the desert gear on. How bad can you look? And then I looked at him and thought, you can look bad, even if you can look bad, even in that situation. And, uh, yeah, but um, it, was, it was just, like, bizarre, really, to be for somebody to even think they want to make a film about me but um yeah we got through it we've we, Percy and I battled through most things together so um yeah I'm very very proud I was very honoured seriously I mean I was very honoured that he, he wanted to to put to invest all the time and effort that he did in making it and actually um over the uh, years and and these past few months uh people have written to me uh, um with so many messages I mean for instance yesterday night a lady wrote to me and it, it, you know that funny folder you've got on Facebook where things if they're not friends of yours it drops into and then you can't find them and then you have to go you have to look I looked in there and there was a lady in there called Bev and she'd written to me and she wanted two signed copies of the book and she said I'm dying to share this with you she'd just uh, broken um, a, a PB in the half marathon. She's only recently come to running um, and uh, got first place in her age group and fifth lady overall. Wow. And she said, um, the night before the race, I watched your film twice to inspire me. And she said, being part of the vegan runners is, has completely changed her life because this year she lost three, she had three elderly greyhounds and she lost them. And um, being part of the vegan runner community had really got her through it. And that makes me very proud and humbles me greatly. And I've had 
various other people say to me i know when i went to the vegan society to make um, a little bit of a film about about running and they'd ask for volunteer vegan runners to go and be in the background uh, one one lady came to me and said she lost her parents that 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 year and being part of the vegan runner community and the friendships that she formed there and support had really really made such a difference to her life and she felt that she wasn't alone and um, i think when i'm asked you know what what are your proudest moments within running as I say, I, 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 I'm not particularly proud of myself and my running because actually I want, I'm running to promote veganism and I wish that I didn't need to promote it. I wish it was embraced by the whole global community and the suffering behind the reason I'm running always kind of makes me a little bit wary of saying I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be out there doing it if you get my drift. Uh, but I'm very proud of being able to say that I was part of a parcel of forming vegan runners um along with peter um back in 2004 i i, I had no idea the, the huge impact and for the positive that it was going to make around the world and that that is very humbling and it's they're, they're the messages that i really do appreciate reading and that gives me kind of the motivation and inspiration to keep keep trudging on <laughs> if you get my dress but um yeah so um i've forgotten the question yeah what was it like uh, <laughs> I do back one, I do. You have to top me up. No, no, no. It's fine. It is fine. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. And and it quite a nice segue actually, because the, the point I was gonna make uh, running for good is incredible, and we will loop back around to it at the end, um, just to make sure everyone knows where they can go to see it or read the book or whatever it might be. But quite a nice segue in. Um there are people out there that probably won't know much about vegan runners. You'll see the guys out at events running um, in the vests or whatever it might be, but might not know too much about the community itself. So could you just give us a really quick overview about vegan runners, if there's anyone that's interested to learn more? Yeah, I mean, Vegan Runners was formed in 2004. And the reason we formed Vegan Runners was, I, I explained that I started running uh, to promote veganism in a positive way to prove that it's not going to be prohibitive to do in such extreme events as, as the marathon. Um, um, I started because, you know, Paula Radcliffe was garnering this success. She built the platform, so to speak, for the marathon event. I just needed to kind of climb on it with her to get this little bit of knock on publicity. And um, I was running in the um, for the Vegetarian Cycling and Athletics Club at the time because to run on certain race starts, etc., you've got to be in an affiliated club. Um, and there was a guy in there called Peter Simpson. He was running with me and he said, you know, you do realise you've qualified for the elite start of the London Marathon now. So actually, you're going to be standing next to Paula Radcliffe shoulder to shoulder. Why wear something advertising vegetarianism? Why not? start a vegan running club and that's what we did back in 2004 originally um there weren't obviously many members of it you know i was pretty much the only vegan in the village um on regular starts <laughs> that i was going to so it was it just made sense to be out the front what is the point of going to the berlin marathon back in 2004 or five or six and being buried in the middle of 50,000 runners to promote and, and to get message across I want to be on the front with Haile Gabriel Selassie. I want people to be pointing and saying, oh, look there, vegan runner in the elite enclosure with Jos Hermans, with Mark Mill at the start of these races. Um, but now, I mean, it's just grown and grown and grown and grown. We've, we don't actually, we do have an AGM where we meet up, but because of, we can't, I wouldn't say we're virtual, I don't know what the correct terminology is. Um, we don't meet in a town, so to speak. Mm. Each town has a little group where vegan runners form and they go out training. 
but we're basically an online running club and i think we've got members from from all all around the world it's a great support hub for people that you know who are trying to um you know well i say achieve in the running i mean what i'm i'm achievement is all relative so if people write to me and say no i'm never going to run 238 or whatever in a marathon but yeah but the win is being out there that we're vegan and we're running that's the win you know um so we just support each other with new ideas and get togethers and little meetups after races training together hey you know getting lifts to races um, and just being a friendly face of support and somebody writes has anybody had any problem with this yeah i've got that i can help you out so it's all about a big support community online vegan runners and it's welcoming of everyone i mean we really are i mean i think it's it's not just one of these dedicated kind of thrash out you know all serious running talk i mean there is that i mean there are you know there's all levels in the club you know from really really elite down to people who just literally want to get out there some some vegan runners don't actually run they just go out and support vegan runners who are running you know there with a flask at the end of the race and with the t-shirt on so it's um it's just a great resource if you happen to be vegan vegan interested vegan curious know a vegan or you know want information and happen to be running so yeah, that's what big is all about. Yeah, brilliant. And and, and I think it, it is interesting because if anybody is thinking about changing their diet, about changing their lifestyle, I certainly remember not to, to hijack the conversation, but from my experience, being back back in like 2018, I was vegetarian. I tried to go vegan, and it was even even two years ago, it was such a lonely world where no one, you know, it was, you didn't have the the great strides that were made in the last 12 to 18 months. Um, you didn't, I didn't know anybody who had the same diet, and and after two months, I just I had to reintroduce dairy because I just couldn't hack it. And I think having that support system of people around you that like man like you said the running becomes secondary it's not about that is it it's just about having people that you can associate with mm. um who have the same interests if you support each to. other guys we're just going to take a moment away from the awesome conversation with fiona to talk about something that's very very important to us on the what the fart podcast yeah, we've discussed it a few times in series one and uh, just wanted to talk a little bit more about it uh, and that's mental health yeah, a hundred percent, mate. It's we hadn't got a chance to get it in with the series two yet. And we didn't want to go any longer without talking about the importance of mental health, particularly as we enter into a new year. January can be a really tough month for people, especially with the new lockdown restrictions that are here in the UK. Yeah, twelve months of COVID uh, kind of took its toll on people, onto it. So we need to discuss it more with uh, with our own mental health. Yeah, definitely, mate. So we want to talk about some coping mechanisms, some ways that we can deal with uh, some of the anxieties, stresses and pressures of the everyday world. Uh, we've talked about running in the past, what a great coping mechanism that, that is. But one of the friends of the show, uh, Donato, who is at Poet With Pace uh, on Instagram, contacted us to talk about his Be Still programme. We think it's absolutely brilliant and we're going to be taking part in it over the coming weeks, aren't we, Matt? Yeah, we are. The, the simple art of, of staying still for five minutes. It's only five minutes, but it, I'm sure it does help. A hundred percent, mate. So uh, Donato can explain it a lot better than us. So we're going to pop over to him and he's going to tell you all about the Be Still initiative. I've set myself a daily challenge and I would love for you to join in with me. What is that challenge? Well, it's simply just to sit still for five minutes each day. It may sound simple, but sometimes it can be more difficult to do. It may seem counterintuitive, but sitting still 
can be an utterly transformative experience. It has tremendous health benefits, both physically and for our mental well-being also. Often our society encourages us to always do more and faster, and then the following day to do even more and be faster still, and it's just an incessant cycle. But there's so many benefits by being still for just five minutes each day. Some of the health benefits include improved memory function, overall brain function, relief stress, fights insomnia, improves blood pressure, cardiovascular health, and so much more. Can you do that? Can you be still for five minutes each day? I would love for you to join in with me. It'd be fantastic. Thank you for listening. Okay, so let's let's move back onto the running for a little while, if that's okay. Talk to me about your world records. Talk to me about seven continents. Talk to me about seven marathons. How how just I can't even ask the question. Just how how do you get yourself into a mindset and a headspace to be able to take undertake a task so extreme? Yeah, I mean, if I, I have to go back a bit before that, my running journey has been a little bit, it's always secondary to the animals. I mean, people say to me, oh, you're an elite athlete. And I, I don't even consider myself to be a runner. I'm just somebody who's advocating for animals through running. Um, and um, I, I've kind of had a weird running journey in that um, even though I've run elite times, I've placed, you know, top 20 in the London Marathon, Berlin, won age groups in the big mar- major marathons. I've never had a coach. I've never taken it particularly seriously. I've never been able to spend any money on it, time on it. Um, and when I started running, it was purely to promote veganism. So the best way to do that was hit the big marathons hard. So, you know, try to place and get a podium place in the Amsterdam Marathon. I have raced extremely lightly and I have trained extremely. A, because I can't be away from the sanctuary for very long because of the animals. And B, I don't really have any money. Uh, certainly back you know, in the day, um, I was getting invited to races. So Jos Hermans or Mark Mildred contact me. Hey, if you come to Berlin, I'll pay your expenses. I'll put you in the elite hotel and give you a race start. Great, free. So I could run for free, literally, with very, very time and financially cost effective. Um, so I did that for a few years and I did about as much as I could. I thought, I'm not going to run faster than 238. I'm not going to get a better place than top 20 in London. I'm not going to do that. And this is a real beasting of a, um, a life I'm leading. I, 100 miles a week over nine sessions, absolutely nailed for 12 to 15 weeks and then a taper twice a year um, mm. was really, really hard. I mean, I, I, I joke now that this current lockdowns are nothing new to me. I used to live in a caravan at the sanctuary. I didn't want to come near to anyone, especially in taper time. I just was frightened of getting ill, um, yeah. always frightened of, anything interrupting the training so i could just go nail it on two morning two sunday mornings twice a year um and then i thought well what do i do next i either pack up or find a little bit different way um so i decided i would you know do marathons kind of win them break course records do that sort of thing again did it for a few years but i mean you've got to, you've got to remember that even though i was like placing in these big races i got no coach was pure amateur i mean i know i think in 2005 i got the same identical place in the London Marathon that Joe Pavey got the following year. Uh Um, I wasn't getting the attention and I wasn't getting the attention because I've realised now there was um, a certain amount of veganophobia. Now people want to jump on that vegan. Oh, they're interested in it. Back then they weren't just not interested in it. They didn't want to know about it. 
so you know, I, I get it, it, situations where you were like voted one of the country's inspirational women of the year for trudging across the desert with a backpack to, to the animal sanctuary. Your mum runs off and buys 50 copies of the Daily Mail. Very embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> we're scanning through it and you're reading it all and it's not mentioned the fact you're vegan and that's the only reason you've done it all. So but it was a real, real difficult ask back in the day to get any sort of positive publicity for veganism. And I've always been very, very aware. I felt a great burden on my shoulders that the higher you put your head above the parapet, um, they tend to ignore all the good things that you've done. And if ever you fail, you can bet it's probably, ah, I bet it's because she's vegan. Yeah, see, and you should come a cropper. Yeah, vegan. Um, so um, it's always been quite a big stress. <laughs> and then in 2011, one of my friends said, um, I know I've got some very strange friends, by the way. She said, look, you've done one loads of marathons. You've got all these, you've got fast, real fast times. Why don't you do the Marathon de Sable? Um, that was in 2012. It, so I said, what's that? Toughest foot race on the planet across the Sahara Desert. If you do that, you can, you're the first vegan woman to do it. Uh, I've got doing it ethically vegan. So I've got this huge backpack worth about 50 kilos, you know, everything. Go and do that. And then you prove definitively veganism is not prohibited to anything. Look at the versatility from fast road races to ultra stage races. You've got it all. So I did that race. I had a bit of a problem the week before um, in that um, I, I fractured two toes. Nothing to do with being brittle bone because I'm vegan. Yep. A horse <laughs> stood on them at the sanctuary. <laughs> and um, I, I like, you know, I'm a bit, you know, I don't think much about the running. I don't know much about running. I just know one leg in front of the other as fast as you can and it's job done. And um, so I thought, OK, I've got two fractured toes. I'm doing the Marathon de Sable next week. Uh, this is not good. Um, I couldn't change my kit, couldn't change my shoes for bigger size or something more comfortable. So you're cramming your foot into your shoes before you even go out there. But I didn't want, I thought, well, I've trained, I've got all the gear. I don't want to live with doubts. Um, I might, I might be able to do it if I go. I don't know. I didn't realise how hard the race was, I must admit. So I toddled off to MDS with two fractured toes. Um, I had a bee sting of a, a, I mean, it was just dreadful. I mean, I, by the long stage, you could see the bone sticking out my little toe. I just rubbed my feet oh. to absolute roar. Because, um, you know, my shoes were tight. You know, you buy them too big because your feet swell in the heat, but they were swollen before, well, my right foot was swollen before I went because um, I got the fractured toes. Anyway, I got through it. And because I affected a rescue of a runner um, who was really struggling on the first day, um, the MDS said to me, you know, if you want to come back next year, hopefully without fracturing your toes or anything else, we'll grant you a place. And I intended to go back to MDS in 2013 and hit it really hard and, and see how well I could do in it. Because I hadn't done badly, too badly with the fractured toes. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, another friend came along and said, look, Fiona, you've got, you've done MDS. That's, you know, basically... If you've done it, you've done it. Yeah. Um, why don't you do the polar races? And then it's like, you know, what what are the polar races? I mean, I don't I don't spend my life absorbed in running magazines and like adrenaline junkie kicks. It's just literally give me my shoes, I'll go and run and get back and I'll look after the animals. I don't live my life around running. Um, and so I said, well, what are they? Um, North Pole Marathon and the Antarctic race uh, in the middle of Antarctica. And to me, I kind of thought, hey, you know, that's a really, that's brilliant idea because I've done them hot, I've done fast. But if you can, like, put these two words together, you know, if you're cold, you say, blimey, it's that North Pole out there. 
um, mm. or if you're tired, you say, oh, I feel like I've run a marathon. Put the two together and you've yeah. done it. That's got to be the proof everyone needs, surely to goodness, that as a vegan, you can do anything. And um, I looked into it and um, it was a no-go for me. It was too expensive. Um, but on, about the Christmas Eve of 2012, the race organiser wrote to me and said, if you want to do this race, um, I'll give you a place. So that was game on. It was identically uh, run in conjunction with Marathon and Sobel. So I couldn't do both. So mm -hmm. I toddled off to the North Pole. I was not sure how I would cope in the icy conditions because the one thing I do not like to do with this knee, with no kneecap, um, is slip. I dislocate yeah. it so easy. Uh, but I got through MDS. I, I hadn't really thought about me knee in MDS. I, I, I can't run downhill. That's a problem for me. Um, I kind of... Somebody said to me, I think it was Liz Barnes, you look so stupid because you actually flying along on the flat, up the hills, you just like, you know, mullering everyone. And then you come to the kind of a cliff or a downhill section, it's like, oh, <laughs> I can't do it. I literally physically can't do it. So um, I told after the North Pole with Percy and I just wanted to get round because it is a tough race. There's no doubt about it. It was taking some people like 12 hours. It was really brutal out there, you know very very cold conditions very difficult to run in and i won it and i podiumed with the men and um people were saying you know why why don't you do the world record challenge you know and i was saying well what's that um you know just go to every continent yeah just go to every continent and run a marathon and then end up in the um um, in Antarctica, which was entered in anyway in November, and run a marathon there, and then you'll break this record for being the fastest woman to literally go to every continent and run a marathon. And I thought, oh, that's that's genius, a world record for a vegan athlete. That's brilliant. But I came back home, and after I had removed the rose-tinted spectacles and observed that my bank account had nothing in it, yeah. um, it was like, um, this isn't going to happen, and this isn't going to happen. Um, but it preyed on my mind and um, my mum and dad, who've always supported me, they still do. My mum lives with me and, you know, they're great supporters of the sanctuary, financially and physically. Um, it was getting too late to actually find a marathon to do on every continent and go to Antarctica. It's getting, you know, weeks have passed. And um, I said, look, I've, I've got to do it for the animals. I'm, I'm really frustrated. I do not seem to be able to get that vegan message out there. And I will tell you that when I went to the North Pole, I had a flamboyant race. I ran really, really well. Uh, I got home and the BBC rang and they were like, you know, hey, we want you to bring uh, Percy Bear. We want, you know, bring your mom, come up to Salford, open and close BBC breakfast. This is 2013, remember? Um, and we'll make all the arrangements. The researcher will ring you. We just want to talk to you. It's amazing achievement you've done. After about half an hour, um, the phone rang again. It was a researcher. We're going through, you know, what you'll wear, your arrangements. And then they said to me, but we don't want you to mention the fact you're vegan. And it's like, that's the only reason I've been. I would not be going to the North Pole. I would not be doing these events if it wasn't with an agenda to, you know, kind of smash. This is what I've done. And look, I'm vegan. And it was really, really difficult for me. But, you know, I ain't, I ain't Beyonce Knowles. I can't just click my fingers and say, hey, I'll, I'll, be, I'll come on your breakfast show or something. It's like I've got an opportunity. The only thing I could do was hope that people are, like, compelled enough by what I'm saying to actually um, look me up. And then find out that I'm vegan. And um, I, I went up there and I, I sat on the settee and I'm, 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 I'm really stressed out by it all. I, I, I felt that, you know, this is not the message I want to portray. I'm not an adrenaline junkie that's just wanting 
the kicks of life and the high life. I've really done this for a reason. And I probably would not have been to the North Pole if the achievements and the successes I've had on the road had been reported fairly um, and not the veganism avoided. Um, so in the end, I just spat it out. You know, I, I did it to celebrate the Diamond Jubilee of the Vegan Society because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm vegan. And it was like, get her off, shut up, no <laughs> take on it. So it was really, really hard to promote yeah. veganism back in 2013 is what I'm saying. So um, my mum and dad offered to mortgage their cottage. That's all they've got left, giving me everything they've got for the, for the animals. Um, and um, they were going to do that, but fortunately I got a sponsor. And it was literally a matter of going to every continent and finding an affiliated race. I contacted Guinness to, to see if that I thought the nice people at Guinness would just accept the fact that I'd done it, and here's my results. But that created an obstacle in terms of the fact that... Um, they said, yeah, uh, to meet the criteria, you right. need to um, have a runner with you, either side of you, running each to prove it's you. Right. Or you need to get a photograph for every mile marker. And I'm thinking, I'm on it. Does Percy count? Because <laughs> <laughs> he ain't very good with a camera. And so I then thought, oh, no, the only way I can validate each race is win them or place in them and then the race will do it for me because I've been on the podium so now I'm challenged with basically going to a marathon on a different continent every practically every week and having to win it or place in it so that the race will validate that it's actually me that's done it so um I remember one story I'm going to Australia and I arrive in Adelaide and um, I'm looking through the uh, baggage logs for the exit and the guy came over to me one of the stewards came over to me and said uh, Oh, what well, can I help you? And I said, yes, 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 I'm looking for the exit. He said, which flight did you come in on? I said, you know, whichever one it was. And he said, um, oh, the baggage reclaim is over there. I don't need it. I haven't got any. Oh, you reside here? No. Um, and we went through these various <laughs> protocols that he's going on about, you know. Like, he said, well, you've not brought any luggage with you. What are you doing here? And I realised then, this looks suspicious. <laughs> so I said, don't worry. Don't worry about me. I've got a very good reason for being here. And he said, what's that? I said, I'm running a marathon in the morning. And he looked at me and said, and then what? I said, I'm going home in the afternoon. <laughs> in, essence, in essence, you have come to Australia from the UK on a day trip. I said, well, I've got a marathon to run. And I had to go and run it and place in it. And, um, but I did it. We toddled along, me and Percy toddled along. And... Um, we got, I remember coming home and I was home the next lunchtime the, um, with the time delay and um, I was back looking after the animals until on the following week I had to go to Africa and went to Morocco, uh, Catalanca and did the same thing again. And um, so that pushed for the times. I never thought I'd be able to run like three hour marathons or whatever, sub threes or whatever every week um, on different continents and um, and and go to go to antarctica and do the same thing again i did have a problem on the last two legs of the um with the challenge because i was combining the um south america and antarctica one just for time logistics money logistics everything and uh the unfortunate thing was the only um aims affiliated um IWF registered race i could find was fourteen thousand feet up an al a volcano and yeah. i remember um I'm thinking this is not a good idea. Um, and I'm out the front with Mohammed Amstel, and we're running together, and I rolled my knee at 28k. Mm. Oh, and I just, I thought I'd blown this. My knee swelled up. 
uh, one of my friends that was out in the race, Basti, he sadly passed away um, recently, lovely young man. Um, he managed to get me some um, medical attention and the doctor said to me, there is no way you are going to run again this year with this knee injured, like it's my bad knee. He said, you're not going to be able to go to Antarctica and run, run a marathon, seriously. You're really not going to be able to do it. And I knew I'd got to be down there. I mean, the plane was going down to Punta Arenas to take us out to Antarctica like three days after. Um, and I remember just a feeling of absolute despair for the letdown for the animals, for the potential that I thought that this could promote positivity for, for veganism. And uh, I still don't know how I did it to this day. I remember I went to Antarctica and I'm standing on the start line and I thought, right, okay, I've got walking boots. I'd actually had to buy a pair of walking boots and poles because I thought to myself, I'm going to have to crawl around at this rate. And I thought, well, I'll put my trains on for the first lap, see how I get on. And then if it's getting really cold, because you don't want to get cold in these conditions with hypothermia and such, like, you just do not want that. Um, if it's no good, I'll have to come into a warm tent, change and walk around and I'll blow the times. But at least if I can finish, I get one world record. At least I've done it. And I don't know where the strength in me came from to this day. I remember I'll start at the back and even the bloke in the Santa suit, because it was getting near Christmas, seemed to vanish into the distance in the kind of Antarctic fog. And I thought it's going to be a very long day at the office this is. And just as I started running, and I think this is the pattern with me, with my running, I have no confidence as a runner. I mean, I will be literally at the start of the big marathons, and I'm on the elite start, yet I'm looking at the bloke in the Superman suit thinking, he looks good. Or, you know what I mean? I really haven't got that confidence. And it, I'm doubting myself on the start line. What was I thinking? I must look like a right idiot here. And then as soon as I get going, it's like autopilot. I, I've done it. I've done the training. I can do it. Um, and um, I won the race again. Same pattern as North Pole, podiumed with the men, broke all three world records. Um, that's how it came about. I still don't know how I did it. The disappointing thing is that when I got back to the UK, I get the feeling that if I hadn't done it and I'd uh, injured myself and uh, I, the veganism might have come to a prominence with the media, but not the reasons I wanted it to. Um, I, I came back and we got a, a, a big, um, it was the Daily Mirror actually, newspaper who wanted to do a, a feature on, on me and what I'd done. We contacted them and the journalist said in the end, look, I can't do it. And I said, well, why ever not? I've come back with three world records, let alone one. This is actual credible. I'm the fastest woman to run a marathon on every continent. You know, that's not not just in days, but in actually running time. I've whacked him out. You know, I've really had to work hard. And um, he said, look, uh, a lot of our money is made through advertisers. At the time, the cheaper supermarkets, Aldi and Lidl, were trying to break through into the luxury markets coming up to Christmas. They were doing an awful lot of advertising in all the newspapers. And he said, we're not going to be able to do, editor says no to a free advert for something which absolutely contradicts what the people who are paying their money is promoting us to promote. Um, so that was really, really demoralising in 2013, mm. um, where the world records came from. Um, I hadn't realised how strong the runs would be, the times would be. I didn't know. The only, the only um, hope I had of um, being able to do it, um, and people do ask me a lot about training and how I've trained in the past. Um, a guy wrote to me last night with about 80-20 training, quick look up on the yeah. internet what is it yeah so I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and i realized 
that, yeah, it is just um, training. I mean, 80% um, of my training, especially in road marathons, would have been relatively moderate runs. However, they were hard because when you're stacking 12 mile recovery run on the back of the speed session mid-morning even 12 miles seems quite hard in the evening um slower midweek runs with hills stuff like that and about 20 miles of my training a week would be absolute flat out speed work mm -hmm. um the rest would be easier on the joints easier on the muscles but they were never particularly easy because we were quite fatigued um, yeah. um and i train I do run my longer runs very hard. I mean, I, I probably was running, um, training uh, every Sunday. Um, I, I, I was always up pretty much on marathon distance, if not over. Mm. Uh, not far off a decent marathon pace. I mean, if I was running 24 miles on a Sunday, I wouldn't be wanting it to take me much more than three hours. Wow. Let's put it like that. So I was training hard. Um, and I figured that my body was used to every Sunday running a long distance fairly fast. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I, I've got great faith in my um, my diet and my recovery and my, and my ability to recover and repeat. Um, that's what I that's what I do well. I don't think about things very greatly. I just if I've set myself a task, if I can't apply myself 100% to it, I'll withdraw and do something else. I know I. I think the thing is with you running, um, embrace your weaknesses. I've got like millions, so I've got like big arms to embrace them because I've got loads of weaknesses. Rather than beat yourself up um, about them, um, I, I, I know what my strengths are. Uh, I ain't got many of them, uh, so it doesn't take me long to know. I am very, very good at punishing myself for long periods of time without minding. And I've yeah. never minded uh, because I've, I've truly believed that I'm doing some good for the animals. Um, um, it, people say to me, doesn't it hurt? I mean, you're running 100 miles a week, every week, in for 10, 12, 15 weeks. Does it, do you, yeah, of course it hurts. It really hurts. I mean, I've, I wake up, when I was doing this, I mean, I was waking up in tears and thinking, you know, I don't really know what day it is. All I know is that at some point today, 10, 800 metres, have got to be whacked out at a certain pace, probably 240, 238 pace. And then I've got to go and do a recovery run in the evening. And I've got to make damn sure I'm well enough to get back and do the animals and do a, a longer hill session tomorrow. And it just went on and on and on and on and on. But it's, I've not minded it. I've been very grateful that my body has stood up to it and my mind has stood up to it and it always had the hope it's good and it has been a blind open like you say even in 2018 the headway wasn't there for veganism no. but I've always had this blind faith that if one person can see me out there winning a race walking into a race start with Haile Gabri Selassie um, on the elite start the association will be there vegan runner on elite start, veganism must be good. It must yeah. be, pretty, or, you know, and that's 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 all it's ever been about. And I know when Keegan came, he's like, well, where's your trophies? And I'm going, I don't know. Well, you know, <laughs> newspaper cutting, stuff like that. I don't know. I don't keep them. It's purely been, I, I haven't really had a plan. It's just been go out, do your best for the animals and see what comes and then come back and repeat it all again in six months. Mm. And that's, that's honestly what it's what I do I, I don't and beyond that I don't think too much about running 
Um, I've got too many other things to think about. Um, but yeah, that's what the world records were about. And then um, I decided after I'd done that, I was very, very demoralised that there wasn't more uptake on the veganism. And I will say, it's not just me. I mean, in 2013, before I went to Adelaide, James Wilkes came to film for Game Changers. Um, and that's when he first had the idea of making yeah. Game Changers. And he said, you're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the person I want in this film. And it was very difficult because I was going to Adelaide and I was very, very acutely aware of the fact that I don't really fancy flying to Australia and rolling out of the plane and onto a race start and then rolling back home. But I thought, no, I want to do this. And um, we did two or three days filming and um, he went back to Hollywood and he simply could not get any uptake financial sponsorship for that film until 2015, yeah. uh, the back end of. And that's when he wrote to me again and um, said, look, I've got some funding from the Avatar Foundation, James Cameron. Um, want to come and film you for um, Once St. Louis Hoyas, which he did for three days to film for this project. Um, all, the, all the footage that it took in 2013 was now actually outdated. It was a different digital film technology that we're using. Um, but so that's how hard it was. People mm. were not buying veganism back in 2013. Yeah. Um, so in 2014, um, I rekindled my ambitions with uh, Marathon de Sable and went back there. And um, I was doing really, really well in MDS uh, in uh, 2014, um, you know, placing on each stage. Um, but for the fact that one of my teammates, a guy called Mike Julien, he probably shouldn't have been there. He um, had leukemia. He was on chemotherapy. Oh. And um, whereas each stage was taking me about four hours, it was taking him cut off like 12 hours. Yeah. And he came into the um, finish line on day two um i'd gone to um i think i'd gone to bed and um he, he said I, I can't go on i can't i can't do this i can't be out there on my own on chemotherapy for 12 hours feeling as bad as i do i mean it's brutal brutal heat we had that year as well and um i said look mike you're out here to, to, to prove to other people around the world that this leukemia this cancer is not defining you it is not prohibitive to you achieving and that's exactly what I wanted from 212 when I got my problems out on um, MDS and I knew what he was going through I know what it's like to be alone out there and really suffering I mean you're going to suffer because you've got a giant backpack it's 50 degree E and you've got like up to 100k to run but you're really going to suffer if you've got a problem and I said to him look um, if you can get through tomorrow which was 39k or something like that and you still want to do it when the long stage that's the following day and that's the one that really terrorizes people yeah if no one else will mentor you around i will and he said look but you're going to chuck your race away look where you are look where i am i said look i don't care i mean at the end of the day this is about compassion over competition yeah results are nice but we're all human beings helping each other here and you know a bit of camaraderie and that's what matters um you know, it, it's just not important at the end of things. Life is what's important. That's one thing that these multi-stage races teach you. At the end of the day, in the desert, you can have as much money. You can have as, if somebody stopped and offered you a huge, great big diamond, you'd look at it and say, how heavy is that? Oh, it's really big. It's heavy. I don't want it. I don't want to have to carry it. You know, you can have all the money in the world piled around you. If you haven't got water, it's nothing. 
And that's the lessons these races teach you. And they also teach you, if you if you care to actually let this absorb, that some people actually live their lives in such squalor and poverty without hope. They can't just put their hand up and say, I want to go back to Wazazat, to a five-star hotel. This is just for a week. It'll be over. It's never going to be over for those people. And that's what you should feel compelled to change when you get back. Um, a life experience, a real life enhancing experience. So anyway, nobody would help Mike. Um, so I, I mentored him round. It was absolutely terrible. He was in all sorts of problems. Um, but I got him round. I got him through. Um, and he finished his marathon de Sable, which actually was the biggest prize I could have ever had. I went on and knocked out my marathon. I can run the flat stages marathons, no problem winning them. But it's the, it's the other undulating things that I can't do. Would I do would I do the same thing again? Yeah, of course I would. Of course I would. So that put paid a bit to my 2014 race in the results side of thing. But fortunately um the race didn't take much out of me. Um so I went back to Rio um and I broke rebroke my world records in 2014 because I wanted to just run a fast um road marathon in um, South America to kind of get the times yeah. a bit quicker. Yeah. And uh, yeah. since then, I've just been doing kind of, um, you know, like ultra stage racing and running and just um, different things. Uh, it, you know, I'm, I'm only out there while ever I think it can facilitate an end to promoting veganism and to helping animals. Um, I mean, this year was a bit of a, um, it's been a bit of a sad time, obviously, for everybody with the running and far expanding past running it's just been a horrendous year um i was representing england twice on the 10k and, and the half marathon which i was kind of quite pleased about um because i haven't run one for ages um and um to still be able to you know get decent times and get those kind of is is quite good uh they were cancelled um i was invited to run uh, the london marathon the actual race uh because i would try for um a national age group record in the marathon but i couldn't do the bubble i could not be away from this place for yeah. like nine ten days in the yeah. middle of winter um so um i'm just waiting off for next year there's mds has put forward to next year the four deserts have asked me to to do the grand slam and i've got the elite place in london for october so i'm just wow. gonna see what comes yeah. um but yeah yeah amazing and and, and yeah and, and so, so, thank you for, for going through that there's some amazing stories in there and and what i love so much is not i don't want to say nonchalance because i know that you know that it resonates with you the achievements that you have but but you, you're not it's not an act it's not a show is it fiona when you say that the running comes secondary it's all about the the message and it's all about the experience and it's all about the things that you learn there was something on, uh, on Running For Good that your mum said that really resonated with me in which she said that to say that she's proud of you would imply that she takes some kind of credit for what you've achieved when in reality what she is is she's in awe of you and I thought that was so poignant and relevant because I'm in awe of you and I know you don't I know you're a very humble lady and you probably don't like that level of uh, of, of, of sort of uh, me kind of gushing over you a little bit but but you are achieving a lot and um, and you've inspired me from a, both a running and a veganism perspective. So thank you for that. Um, talk to me a little bit before we wrap up then about what what's happening this year through COVID with the sanctuary and what you've got in plan from a fundraising perspective next year. And more importantly, how people, if the messages like they have with me have resonated with them over this last 40 minutes or so, how they can help you and help veganism and help the animals in your sanctuary. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously this year has been very, very difficult. And I'm, I am actually more frightened for next year, I think, when the full financial impact of COVID and Brexit really, really hit. This year, obviously, people have been trying very, very hard to raise funds for us. We're, you know, doing virtual races and, you know, all new and innovative ideas. But moving forward, if there starts to be job losses, price rises in the shops, the first thing that probably people are going to kind of look at the bank statements and think is charity donations have to go. Um, it is very, very difficult. I always say to people, you know, I've never ever taken anything from the sanctuary myself my parents everybody's just put money in it's like a big money pit there are a lot of animals here all the money anything that anybody gives us goes to either the um, feed bills forage bills veterinary bills farrier bills and they are huge um trying to keep going now is the main focus for me um i'm not sure i, I don't really think what it's going to be like um certain projections come through battling through day to day is very very important um yeah i mean next year the, the, there are fundraising ideas um working with the uh, various groups of um you know people who organize races uh to actually you know you know on the entry fees you know donate a pound or something to the sanctuary but it's very very difficult um as I say, if anybody wants to, to join, to become a member, uh, you know, raise awareness, share share stuff on the internet, anything like that really, really helps to just get the reach out there. Um, for me, myself, um, I'm trying to do as much as I can with like the podcasting and, and talking, but I get very, very busy. I mean, I have to get up at half past three in the morning to get through all the work. Um, that's something I've always done. Um, I, I, I enjoy that time because... I enjoy it. Uh, seeing the sun come up is very important to me uh, because it's like another opportunity of another day on this earth to try and make a difference. That's what I see. Um, I've also started to think um, and encourage people to think a little bit, and I hate the phrase, outside the box with their running. So, for instance, running is always a secondary uh, ancillary thing to actually running the sanctuary. So if I can't run in the day, I run at night. And so I, I quite enjoy going out at midnight or one in the morning and running. That's kind of a, a good time for me to be out there and thinking. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people come up with such wonderful ideas. Um, they can buy the book, obviously. Um, Percy's, Percy's book, the Percy Bear story. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, you know, the film, the film's on Amazon. Um, Keegan's trying to get the film onto some bigger platforms. Um, yeah, just really, I mean, it's just the the whole year for me has been a bit of a a whirlwind. I, I, I was recalling it yesterday and, and saying to my feed merchant that, you know, when I ask you to get extra pig food in in February, who would have thought that this was coming? Um, so, yeah, um, if anybody wants to help in any way, shape or form, please reach out and, and write on I'm not very good with pushing myself. <laughs> well, well, well. I tell, I, I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what, Fiona. I'm pretty good at plugging stuff, so let me jump in and do it for you. Okay. So, um, if anybody is inspired or um, anything that we've gone through today resonates, there are some great ways that you can support Fiona. The FionaOaksFoundation.co.uk. If you go onto that website, there are, there is um, a page dedicated to how you can uh, donate. Um, Fiona's sanctuary is uh, is it T tower hill stables is that right fiona yeah 
Yeah. Tower Hill stables yeah, were yeah. also, if you search for them on the internet, um, you'll also be able to find ways to donate. Like like Fiona has said, they don't take any money from it. It is specifically to feed and uh, support uh, the animals. Uh, you can also get Fiona on oaks.fiona on Instagram, uh, where she shares everything uh, that she's getting up to and everything that's going on. There are so many ways that you can support her. The book and the uh, movie are called Running for Good. Uh, the film is available on Amazon. The book available at all good bookstores. Um, and if you are going to put your hand in your pocket at all uh, uh, in the coming months, guys, then this is an absolutely great cause to do so. I certainly will be. What do you reckon? Was that was that good enough? Yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> I'm going to employ you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, in that case, Fiona, what all I'm going to do is I'm just going to one more time thank you so much for your time today. Um, I know that it's valuable. I'm going to let you get back to the animals, get, let you get back to your day and all the important work you're doing. Um, but hopefully we'll speak again soon. Thank you so much. Can you see why I am a massive Fiona Oaks fanboy now? <laughs> yes, yes. I, that interview, oh wow, that interview alongside the uh, the, the documentary on um, on Amazon. Oh, I think I've got the uh, Fiona Fiona Oaks flag in my hand right now, waving it. <laughs> <laughs> She's enough enough to maybe make you consider going vegan. Mm, do you know what? I might, for, for the for the tail of the podcast, I might try it for a week or two. <laughs> oh, mate, that'd be boss. And, yeah. and you know, you know what I really like about you saying that because we we don't talk too much about the vegan stuff on the show, do we? Because no. if anyone doesn't know, I'm plant based. Matt's not. Let's call the whole thing off. But it doesn't it doesn't define us, does it, mate? We, we, we're pals because we're pals. Three you know pals. what I mean? They're yes. just it's just parts of us. But you know what I love about Fiona? She is so passionate. Yes. And so driven because of her love of veganism yeah. and protecting animals. She's not preachy. She's not aggressive. No, she, she doesn't force it on you. She's not, like I said, she's not preachy. She's, she has that agenda, but she's not pushy with it. She doesn't force it on you. No. Yeah. And, and, and considering she, she talked about veganism so much in that 45 minutes, but you didn't come out of it thinking, oh, that's been pushed on me, that. No, 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 no. All, all, all I see is a woman who cares so much about something Power that she'll, go, she'll go to those lights. And that probably makes the mind think, well, you know what? If someone cares so much about something, there might be a reason for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give it a try. Just just for a week or two, see how I, see how I go with it. Might hey, need some mate. tips and pointers, though. Oh, but mate. I like my steak too much. So I can't, and you know what that day, that special day a year, that one special day a year. Oh, I mean, my God. You're just <laughs> always lowering the tone. Do you know that Vivera do really nice vegan steaks? What do they? Yeah. <laughs> we'll give it a try, then. Give it a go. Give it a go. I'll get Sammy to drop off some some meals for you. But no, fair, fair play, mate. Good on you. Good on fair you. Enough. I don't know when I'm going to start it. We'll give we'll give it a go. We'll have a go. We'll loop round on it in a couple of weeks on the show. See what you reckon. Yes, but but enough. most importantly, how good was Fiona? So she's at Oaks.Fiona on Instagram. If you want to follow her, um, I, I gave all the rundown, the spiel on on the chat itself about where you can find all the stuff. But if you've not watched Running for Good, then get yourself on Amazon because it's a good one, isn't it, mate? It is. It'll all, be, all, all the detail will be in the show notes anyway, won't it? So, uh, that's yeah, man. Uh, yeah, man. So let's move on to the other incredible thing that's happened to us this week. What about... Go on, do the voice. <laughs> Cue my inner um, X Factor yeah. voice. Yeah. <laughs> The Make Macron Challenge. Challenge, 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 challenge. Most miles wins. Most miles wins. We need Luan. Most miles wins. Um, mate, I'm not being funny, but we're what 
four, five days into this challenge now. Yeah. It's been dead good, on it? Bonkers, mate. The amount of interaction we've had. Wow. Loads of tags, loads of hashtags, loads of, oh, loads of everything. So if this is the first time you're listening to us, which I appreciate it maybe because I think Fiona will have brought in some, some new listeners. Uh, every series, Matt and I do a challenge. It's called Make Matt Run. And this year, uh, this series, sorry, what we've decided to do is pit ourselves against each other in a most miles wins competition. So the idea was we were going to get some team members to just run over the course of the series and whoever logs the most miles with a few twisty, challenging, different ideas for how to bump those miles up along the way uh, wins ultimately the, the Make Matt Run Series 2 Championship. Uh, we didn't expect 100 people to want to take part. <laughs> no, I thought about going to get about 12 each and that were it. <laughs> yeah, we thought it'd be me and you fighting over Jack, didn't we? Um, but no, 100 people taking part. Absolutely incredible. Um, and what we certainly didn't expect is when it launched on New Year's Eve, Matt. Mm. The, uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah, just everybody getting in touch. Just loving what, the, loving what we're trying to do. Yeah, oh. yeah, re- really into the challenge and doing what it was designed for. It, it, it's, yeah. it's a bit of banter between us. It's a bit of um, a segment for the show. But most importantly, it was about bringing the running community together. And the it amount is. of people that I've seen in these first couple of days interacting with each other that may not have been uh, pals on social media, on Instagram, that may not have talked to each other before is yeah. amazing. And I'm loving it. Although I have to say, Matt, my team are bringing it with the creativity, mate. I know, oh, oh, that one we've seen today, the uh, the T-shirt, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> oh, yes, there is now an official WTF Team Rob T-shirt. <laughs> I'm going to have to bring, bring out my inner Delia Smith, aren't I? <laughs> Where are you? Oh, I, t- I, thought, I thought you meant you were going to cook something. I was like, <laughs> what do I have to do with anything? Yeah, eat myself into oblivion because nobody's made a T-shirt for me. <laughs> And then you sent out a, a bit of a bit of a begging tweet, didn't yeah. you? A bit of begging Instagram story. Yeah. Let's be having you. Where are you? One of these for me, please. I don't have a t-shirt. <laughs> Look at you. I hate that. Everyone hate nobody likes a bragger, mate. <laughs> Humble brag. I've just I just got no, we've we've both got amazing teams, but I've yeah. just been blown. The amount of people that have sent me private messages saying they're enjoying the challenge, it's it's been yeah. awesome. But most importantly, the first two days, Matt. Were the steel card. So first two days we pitted each other against each other. Winner takes all. Most miles over the two days gets a steel card to use later and steal one of the other person's participants' miles. Yes. Before we do that, then before we do that, then we are not. Let's let's say we're not allowed to pit steal the golden batons miles before either of us find out who's won it. Oh, yeah, goes without saying. So, yeah, let's not... Uh, these rules are really complicated, aren't they? So, yeah. if, you, if you don't know what we're talking about. So, the golden baton, every week, someone on the team gets the miles doubled that we draw at random. Uh, yes, I agree. So, so yeah, you can't pinch their miles, definitely not. Fair enough, fair enough. Or if you do, it get No, 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 you usually don't. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to make it even more complicated, but no, absolutely not. Um, I agree with that. So, we need to uh, get over to to find out from our games master, our... Master of Ceremonies, Lou. Uh, but I've been told uh, that when it comes to the actual numbers, mm-hmm. Lou has decided to hand that task over to a family member, which oh. I'm told is not just Lou with an accent, <laughs> who is called Statman John. 
Stop, man, John. Stop, man. Yo, man, I'm coke. Yo, man, I'm coke. What did you just say? Yo, skibbit div div, yo, man, I'm coke. But on coke? Yeah. Oh, when, did, when, did that song, when did that song come out? 1995. So I was 11. Hey, Madame Coke. Fizzy drink, Coke. Pop. Right. So if they were singing about being Madame Coke, I don't think it would be the fizzy pop Coke. <laughs> and secondly, that is not the lyrics. What is the lyrics then? There aren't any lyrics. It's scatting. Show me a bit of scatting then. No, that's really offensive <laughs> to people who scat. I don't want to do that. But it's like a thing, scatting. It's like... Yeah. It's a type of singing. There's I'm no lyrics. I'm still going to sing your Madame Coke. He, he does not, they do not sing your Madame Coke. Anyway. Your Madame Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Statman. Shall we bring in said Statman? Let's go and talk to Statman John, shall we? That, that's not Lou in a moustache. <laughs> that's definitely not Lou with a moustache. Hello. Keep going. Is that Statman John? Yeah, how are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, Rob's Rob's gone. <laughs> uh, how's it going, Statman John? <laughs> it's good, thanks. How are you, Matt? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm back. It's fine. Man John, uh, Lou has told us that you're going to be uh, taking on the role of statistician for the Make Matt Run Challenge. Is that right? Yes, mate. That's what I'm doing. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, would you be? Would you be? Would you be able to give us the uh, the the scores on the doors for the first two days um, of the Make Matt Run Challenge, so we know who's won the illustrious steel card, please? Yes, lads, it was a cracker. Uh, so uh, we had Rob done four, four, six miles in total over the four days. And uh, Matt came in at four, nine, five, four, nine, five. Oh, yes! Yes, oh. baby! That's a big thing, <laughs> isn't it? What's that? Is that 50, about 50 mile, is it? 40 wow. mile? Four. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Oh, well nice. done. Well done, team Matt. Gosh. Steel card. Oh, we're off to us. Oh, are these miles counting towards the full thing? Mm. Yeah. Oh, I yes. don't know. Yeah. Uh, it was that Lou in the background, Statman John. <laughs> uh, no, sorry about that, boys. Not what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. Um, so, uh, were there any, were any big performers, uh, Statman John? Any, and anyone who. who Bagged some big miles for either team. Uh, we had our very own Jack came in, 30 miles, smashed yeah. it. Thanks for that, Jack. <laughs> and, uh, and Fiona, who's a cracking lady, she done loads of miles for you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did. And yeah. I was the guest on this week's show, so there you go. Brother, and nice of the Statman, John. It was almost like it was planned. I can assure you, nothing about this segment is <laughs> Um, yeah. uh, so, um, uh, so, so, thank you, Statman John. So, so Matt, Matt has got the steel card. Is that right? Oh yes, yes. Well done, Matthew. Lad. <laughs> yeah. Lad. 
is is Lou about Statman John? Could we possibly get Lou on to talk to us about about what's happening this week with a golden bat on? I'll go and get a boys one sec. Lou. Hi everyone. Hi, Lou. How are you? My throat's a little bit dry and tiggly. I don't know why. Completely unrelated (laughs) to what's been going on. Um, How are you, friend? Good, thank you. How are you, lads? Always very well. A little bit disappointed. I don't know if you know Lou, but Matt's won the steel cards. That man John just told us. Oh, congratulations, Matthew. Sorry, Rob. I bet it's close though. Uh, yeah, about, there was about 50 miles in it, but I think Matt had a couple of really big, big, did have a big long yeah. in his marathon, didn't he? It Bless is, him. yes, yeah. Uh, mm. as well. Jack did that 30. Jack did so, 30, because, yeah, he's just constantly <laughs> screwing me over. It's, big it's Ben Series 1. He's making up for it. Is Sorry, that what he's guys, doing? Is he making he's making up for my Big Ben. I know, uh, I, shouldn't, I, know <laughs> I shouldn't come on. I know I shouldn't come on, but it was actually 31, not 30. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> mute, mute yourself, editor. <laughs> um, so, Lou, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the golden? We've got week one of golden baton. So, I'm, I'm leaving the steel card in my rear view mirror. It's gone. It's lost. Don't worry, team Rob. We. It's got not it. lost. It's not lost. It's in my pocket, pal. Oh, is it? Have you have you jeans that you got from Baby Gap? Um, <laughs> it's it's not. It's done. It's over. We're gonna we're gonna moving forward, Team Rob. We've got this. We've got the heart. We've got the spirit. So we've got a golden baton for week one, haven't we? We drew yes. it on Saturday. But Luke, can you just remind people what the golden baton is and who is going to be our week one golden baton holders? Of course. So it's going to happen every single week. I'll draw a number for each of your teams, and then whoever we draw, their miles are doubled for that coming week. So this week, we have got for Matt's team, Craig, Craig I eighty five. Smashing it in the snow. And then, Rob, your team, we've got Claire. Claire L. Mernan. Mernan, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's smashing Wonderful. it too, even though it's like an ice rink where she is. She's yeah. out already. She's a fellow Widnesian. Weirdness. That's where I'm from. Oh. Um, sorry, got a bit excited <laughs> then. Uh, this is breaking down into absolute anarchy, isn't it? So, golden baton, double miles. Um, and then we're also, we decided, didn't we, it's going to be going for the full 12 weeks. So we're going to be coming up with some challenges, aren't we? So first few weeks, it's going to be all about just getting those miles logged. But watch this space because we've got some exciting stuff coming up, haven't we, Lou, without giving too much yeah. away. And some exciting guests. That's all mm. I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> guests. Is it <laughs> some, more, some more array from the array of talent? Of Yeah. For all the people that live here with me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Are they all in your social bubble then, is that? Mm, yeah, all in one bubble. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, well, Lou, I'm going to let you get back. To, I think I can hear Statman John telling you your tea's ready. So uh, I need some water as well after that. Right. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, keep keep plugging away with those um, th- those figures for us, and uh, we'll see you next week, mate. See you then. Bye, boys. See Bye. You later, Lou. Wild card. <laughs> you, you, me. What, what rounds we card? You. Hard? No, we'll, we'll leave that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, so after, despite that 
terrible rendition of Wild Thing. Uh, yeah, you've got the Wild. You've got the, um, the sh- and also it's Steel Card, not Wild Card. But there you go. Um, <laughs> it's in it. <laughs> Steel Card. <dude. laughs> We're keeping that in. I'm not even bothered. Um, yeah, well done, mate. Uh, you had some. You had, you had a good week. This you had a good couple of days, didn't you? Um, yeah. Well, your guys came big, but my guys were great too. So don't great. want to take anything away from them. But we've just got got some work to do. But they're amazing, and we're going to keep doing it. We did. We've also decided that uh, whether walking miles are going to be allowed as well, aren't we? Uh, as long as, as long as it's not you're not walking to the shops and back every day, and you're counting that, then no. But if you're going out for a specific <laughs> family walk. Yeah. a hike somewhere then yeah we're going to allow the uh, the walking miles as well absolutely yeah why 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 wouldn't we I, and we only didn't mention it because we just assumed everyone would know that that it'd be fine but yeah good good to clarify because we had a few questions didn't we but really enjoying it so far the challenge let's see where we are this time next week see if see if team rob can make up some ground um or if you're going to keep singing bad songs and i can't <laughs> wait to talk to Statman john again <laughs> um before well, we, we held it together as much as we did, I, I don't know, mate. Yeah, it was. I'm quite proud of us for that. Um, and and God bless Lou. What an absolute superstar. Um, before we get out of here, Matt, have you got a good news story for us, my friend? Have yes. Uh, so this chap called Ben Blows, uh, he's done 31 marathons in 31 days. So the last one was on New Year's Eve, oh. and he's, he's raising money for a brain tumor charity called Tom's Trust. And he's managed to raise £138,000. Wow. So he's, he's dedicated each marathon to a, to a child that's, uh, that the charity's helped out. So every marathon is uh, so he's helped 31 children with this uh, with this um, charity work he's doing. But also in 2017, he set the Guinness World Record for running the fastest marathon while carrying a household appliance. <laughs> they have Guinness World Records for everything, don't they? Do you know what appliance it was? No, I don't know. That was a toaster or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a tumble dryer. No. <laughs> a tumble Man. dryer. I run down the street with a kettle. <laughs> a spatula. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Not not just, I mean, the tumble dryer thing's amazing, but 31 marathons in 31 yeah. days. What a guy. Pounds as well. Well done. Well, ben well blows. deserved. Ben, ben blows. You are running here of the week, so we salute you. Uh, right then, Matt. Just a few little bits before we leave. Uh, I wanted to do a little bit of a shout out, if that's okay. Uh, you may have heard me chuntering on last week about my uh, fundraising of Prostate Cancer UK, um, along with my friend Graham. Uh, I've set my first challenge, dude. Nice one. What's that then? So I'm going to, in February, I'm going to do a run every day in February. I didn't want to do it in January because I didn't want to steal red January because, you know, yeah. a lot of people do that anyway. I didn't want to steal the thunder because I know that's a charity in itself, isn't it? Um, so yes. didn't want to steal the thunder from that. So in February, and, and also there's no and this. in February. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> it's not a leap year, is it? Um, so in February, I'm going to be running 28 days out of the year. That would be out of the year, out of the month. Um, but the I, I want to try and think about different things in these challenges and, and give different messages. And so the theme for this is all about um, getting out there and not feeling isolated and alone. So it, to, to kind of promote that message, I'm going to be running 28 runs with 28 different people. That's the plan. So every day I'm going to run a, a run with a different pal. Some people I've known for years, so like 
people like you, I've said known for years, I've only known you for a year, but you know what I mean. Um, some people who are good friends, some people I've never met before. So some yeah. guys from a running club have, have, have offered to run. Some people from wonderful Instagram, some WTF team Rob members, um, oh, nice and team Matt members actually, have, uh, have offered to run with me. So really looking forward to doing that. Um, but just a big shout out, I've still got a few dates left to fill. So if you are keen, um, please send us a message to either the What the Fartlek podcast page or to me, uh, my Instagram, which is Little Runner Boy Rob. Um, we'll put some info in the bio about it. Uh, ideally, you're based in South Yorkshire, um, so you can come along and we can run in person. But if you are not and you're still keen in getting involved, um, I'm also looking at doing a virtual run at the end of the month. The, the last day of the month is a Sunday, so me and Graham are going to run that one together and we're going to see if, if other people want to kind of run as, along with us. Yeah, that's a good idea. idea. Oh, yeah. That's, one, that's, yeah. that's me. That's my, my first challenge, as well as growing the hair out. And it's really annoying me, this top knot now. So, <laughs> And I am three days into it. So <laughs> that's going well. But yes, if you can spare a couple of pennies, the link's in uh, all of our, our bio and on our link tree on all our social media. Prostate Cancer UK, a uh, really good cause. Please do um, throw me some money or just share. Who's, yeah, who's, who's grabbed the illustrious uh, Valentine's Day run with you then? Oh, yeah. Um, no one yet. No me on my just just me on my own. Uh, well, I, I, I need someone single, don't I? Because like you can't can't drag someone out who's with who's in a relationship. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm just going to run with your husband. Sorry, uh, don't don't go, don't don't cook that nice meal for your wife. Come and run around Rother Valley with me. So uh, yeah, I think, I think it's still empty. Although I've not got my notes in front of me, but yeah. I wanted to run it with Sammy, but I don't think my mum can come and have the kids. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure you'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm sure I'll figure it out. Uh, so before we get out of here, a couple of big thank yous. Uh, thank you to Lou and Statman John. I'm a Statman. Uh, brilliant. At Sweat Much on Instagram. Um, thank you to the amazing Fiona Oaks. So she's at oaks.fiona, and you can find details for a website, a book, the documentary, all that stuff's in our bio. Go and give her a follow as well. She's amazing. Um, who have we got on next week, Matt? Yeah, so next week we've got uh, Matthew Pullen. Uh, this is a heart, heart-wrenching story from him um, running through cancer. Uh, that's that's going to be a, a, an emotional one, um, a little a lot different from Fiona's story. Um, bless him. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Absolute superstar. For, 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 for a guy of that age to be as strong as he is, is unbelievable. And you don't want to miss this, guys. Matthew is an absolute superhero in ordinary people clothing. He is a star and we cannot wait to share his story with you. It's uh, get the tissues out because you're going to need him. He's a, yes. he's, he's a gent and he's a legend and we can't wait to, to talk to him. Um, <clears throat> thank you to, uh, of course, uh, theme music. Joe. Joe, Joe, we need to thank Joe. Thanks to Graham for the theme Graham. music. You stole great thunder. Great, Graham. Thank you for the theme music, as always. You're amazing, Graham. <laughs> thank you. Thank you to Joe for all the work she's done on the Make Matt Run Challenge. Thank you to all our Make Matt Run participants. You guys are the best. Um, keep sharing your stuff. Uh, if you want to give me a follow, I'm at Little Runner Boy Rob. And I, I'm at Matty Owls. On Instagram, of course. And Jack lurking in the background. And I'm Jack Penfold running and Jackers underscore Penfold on Twitter. Oh, Twitter. And I'm at Rob Hitchman on Twitter. Um, uh, and what are you, Matthew Taylor 6? Yeah. I'm the sixth Matthew Taylor. Sixth Matthew Taylor. That's still pretty good. You know, I think you're like the sixth Matthew Taylor I know. Everyone's called Matthew Taylor. Anyway, uh, we're rambling. Let's get out of here. Good energy, people. Um, 
bit of a Johnson for you. You're stealing that. <laughs> Steal that from John Flynn. I love it. Um, yeah, see you next week. Good running, whatever it is you guys are doing. Enjoy yourselves. Try not to let lockdown get you down. We love you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>